How are we doing, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the Big D Podcast on the Spunky Spectrum Sports Network. Uh, my, I am Alex. Welcome back to another episode where we are t- tackling another NFL division recap. Today we have the NFC East, but before we get too far into that, I just want to make sure everyone uh, like, subscribe to the video on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, Spunky Spectrum Sports. Dylan's always pumping out great content. Uh, you never know what's going to come out of him. I mean, he's talking golf, he's talking NASCAR, he's talking soccer, he's talking football. He's got everything on there. So uh, make sure you check that out. Also, if you prefer to listen, Spotify and Apple Music are also available to to stream. So check those. Uh, uh, definitely check out those options. And uh, thank you for listening. But now, as we get started, I will bring in your host, Dylan, the Big D himself. How are you, Dylan? Thank you, Alex. So uh, you know what that means. It's last but certainly not least, the NFC least, otherwise known as the NFC East on the schedule today. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, we've been, we talked about the AFC East, which probably uh, houses the uh, uh, favorite to come out of the AFC this, off, or this upcoming season. The NFC East, not quite so much, I think we can say. Yeah, you've got the Cowboys, Eagles, Washington Commanders, and New York Giants. A lot of history, a lot of hatred, but maybe a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about the NFC East over the most uh, past recent five or so years, and it just seems like a, 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 a barrel of disappointment. It seems like a carousel of inadequate football it seems like a whole long list of things that you do not want referenced when you're talking about your favorite team in the nfl i mean we've got i mean it, it just it seems like just the, just the other year where we had it we had the nfc east uh, champion with a losing record i mean it's just for whatever reason these four teams whether it has to do with their quarterback situation or, or just building a, a complete unit it just cannot these four teams cannot seem to really put together any sort of consistency. And uh, I guess we're about to find out today if uh, this season is going to change. Indeed. Uh, so team one, I guess I am asking you about the Dallas Cowboys, correct? Yep. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, Dylan? Uh, obviously, we know the big names. We know... Uh, that uh, it's probably one of the more talked about teams in the uh, in the NFC East. Uh, what do you see out of this team? Do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously they've probably got the most firepower of any of these uh, franchises. What do you see from the Dallas Cowboys this year? Of the Dallas Cowboys, the NFL's most dysfunctional team. Because how do you have what double digit penalties in your first preseason game? Good lord. <laughs> Hey, that's why they call it preseason, man. You know, it's uh, you got to give them a little bit of credit or uh, cut them a little bit of slack at least. They're the Dallas Cowboys. They talk, they talk more yap. They get more penalties, get more fights than any other team. Jerry Jones is fine like eight times a year. He's like the Mark Cuban of the NBA. Uh, that's a good analogy. Uh, that's a good comparison. I like that. But I mean, as far as you know, when the regular uh, season kicks off and we really get uh, down to business. I mean, we've got Dak Prescott, who is, uh, I think, pretty far and away the uh, most talented quarterback in this division. You've got CeeDee Lamb, who has stepped up, and uh, we fully expect to uh, continue to step up and lead that 
Dallas Cowboys uh, passing offense now that Amari Cooper is in Cleveland. Uh, Tony Pollard is, I mean, he would be in competition for the RB1 pretty much on uh, at least a good handful of different teams. You know, the battle between him and Ezekiel Elliott, as far as fantasy managers go, and just as far as as the main rushing carries uh, for the Cowboys go, is definitely a, a battle that a lot of people are watching. I mean, there's a lot of firepower on this offense. Can this team... You know, they lost a couple offensive linemen. Obviously, Leo Collins went to the Bengals. We talked about that in the AFC North talk. Do you think that this offense has enough firepower to, A, deal with some of the, the, the talent that there is on, uh, on the defensive side of the ball in that division and, and really just be able to put up the points that we know that they're capable of putting up? No, and no. The Cowboys are one of the most overrated teams in sports, period. Because the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl in over a quarter century. If you look at the Cowboys, is that Prescott a great, a good quarterback? Yes. Yes. But is he a great quarterback? No. But yet the Cowboys pay him like he's a great quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott is way overpaid for being his kind of, for for being an overrated, frappy, an older running back, less PPO upside tailback. CeeDee Lamb feels like he's a good receiver, but is he Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamal Chase, Devontae Adams? No, 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 no. And maybe the biggest question of all, is Mike McCarthy worthy of an NFL head coaching job? You know, it's, it's, those are all good points you make. I mean, obviously, when it comes to the NFC East, I think uh, a team like the Dallas Cowboys can kind of get a little bit propped up better than uh, – and, and kind of have a better light shown on them than, than they might in a, in a more talented division. I think, I think they do have some talent on that offense, I think, and on the defense of the ball. I mean – you know, Diggs is a ball hawk, you can say, but he's also been uh, known for getting uh, a little burnt, a little, a little crispy around the edges when it comes to uh, getting beat by receivers. Uh, Michael Parsons is obviously a young stud on that defensive side of the ball. You know, I, I do think they have the weapons, but I think, you're, I think you're right in the fact that they are probably overrated. And I just think it's honestly because of really the lack of competition in the division. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little easier to uh, shine when the rest of the division is, uh, is and kind of has been in the mud for the last couple of years. Yeah, and plus, it's not like the Cowboys are winning a whole lot of player games. We saw last year when Dallas couldn't even execute a, uh, an end-of-game situation against the 49ers. I mean, we know Mike McCarthy can struggle with time management. So... Maybe hopefully the Cowboys can figure out that issue. Otherwise, time will be taken away. I want to. I'm curious, Dylan, if everything goes right for the Cowboys this year, if Zeke kind of has a bounce back year, he stays healthy, he's able to uh, to really <clears throat> contribute to the amount that we've seen from him in the past. Tony Pollard even compliments Ezekiel Howard. Uh, I'm sorry, Ezekiel Elliott. C.D. Lamb does take that next step and progresses into a very similar you know, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup type conversation of a receiver. Everything goes well for the Dallas Cowboys. What's the peak you can see from them? I mean, it's it. we know that the NFC is pretty, it, it is stacked, is loaded, is loaded. You're going to be going up against the Rams. You're going to be going up against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're going, you're going to be going up against all these uh, NFC powerhouses. If everything goes right for Dallas, what's the ceiling? What's the, what's that, what's the cap? 
I think at most the Cowboys won one playoff game, and I think that's even a stretch. Right. I think I think all things considered, that's probably about accurate. I mean, we know that the Cowboys don't have the best uh, playoff uh, <clears throat> reputation, at least in uh, in the latest millennium. Tony Bromo uh, fumbling that hold is uh, is a burnt image into Cowboys fans' minds. Blame Jessica Simpson for all the Tony Romo issues. Exactly, but <laughs> you know, I th- I think you're pretty spot on there. I think one playoff win is probably about even even if they get the most potential that they possibly can. I think that's probably about the ceiling. I think, I think, I think you nailed it spot on. So we're going to fly from Big D to Philadelphia and check out the Eagles. So uh, when I think of the Eagles, uh, the big question in Philly is, is Jalen Hurts capable of run, being a franchise quarterback? Because – the Eagles were what the top rushing team in the league. A lot of them. I mean, yeah, the Eagles ran through like 15 running backs last year, but Jalen Hurts a great runner. We saw Philly add AJ Brown in the offseason. Is Jalen Hurts ready to take the next step? You know, the Eagles are ready for Jalen Hurts to take the next step. Um, is Jalen Hurts ready to take the next step? I mean, the time is now. Uh, I mean, you, the, the Devontae Smith is uh, obviously their first round draft pick from last year out of Alabama. He's a stud. He was a Heisman for a reason. He's a very talented receiver. Then you bring in A.J. Brown. You're, you're surrounding him with weapons. You've got Dallas Godair. I wish their running game was a little bit stronger. I don't really trust Miles Sanders, uh, especially as a fantasy football owner, but even as just um, uh, as far as the NFL goes itself, I don't really trust Miles Sanders. Um, I know. I don't even think the Eagles trust Miles Sanders because that running back, that backfield has been a walking committee for the last couple of seasons. Um, I, but I do, I, I mean, you know, we keep talking about, it seems like every episode we go through these divisions, we talk about the quarterback and the, and, and the prototype uh, NFL today's modern quarterback. And Jalen Hurts really does fit a lot of those standards. He's got the mobility, he's got the athleticism, you know, he still has a, a, an arm that where he can, uh, beat the beat the beat the defense over the top. He doesn't have to constantly rely on this rushing. Um, but you know, now it's it's it really just comes down to 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 taking advantage of his opportunities. His offense is set up for success. They've done a good job of bringing in pieces, and it really just comes down to Jalen Hurts. Do I think he has the ability to step up it and really take control of the division and 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 try and make a fight for, for at least, I mean, if they win the division, they're already obviously a playoff team, but, you know, making some sort of a run in the playoffs. Yes. I think he has that potential. It's just a matter of, of really getting the pieces together, making steps forward instead of taking steps back. Yeah. And I mean, we all laughed and wondered why the Eagles had a Nick Sirianni. Well, the Eagles ran the ball and, you know, Phillies made moves in the past. You remember the year they added a Nambi also, and we thought, and the Eagles have won the Super Bowl before the season started. And it, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. You know, Philadelphia is tough on its athletes. And if Jalen Hurts plays well, plays well, they might not boo you. If he doesn't play well, guess what the Eagle fans are surely going to do with the Hurts this year? Oh, yeah. I mean, and that, that's, a, that's a great point because obviously, you know, there's a lot of pressure being a quarterback in the NFL. And there's – just being a quarterback in the NFL in general is a lot of pressure, but you throw in the, the, the Philadelphia, uh, a passion we can call it from the fans, uh, 
you know, it definitely, it, it just adds that next uh, little extra bit where, you know, if you, if you have a bad first half, when you make that jog to the locker room, you're going to hear it from those uh, Philadelphia faithful. So that's a great point. And uh, it's definitely something that Jalen Hurts is going to have to go into the season knowing that if he does, you know, he's not going to be perfect. We know Jalen Hurts isn't going to be perfect this season, but when he isn't, he's really just got to be able to stay locked in, uh, tune out the booze. Hopefully there's no stone balls coming his direction, but um you know, it's or Philly uh, cheese steaks. or Philly cheesesteaks, something like that. But, uh, you know, it's really just about his mental fortitude and, and if this team can really uh, just, you know, build up as a unit and, and work with him instead of against him. But uh, I think it's uh, time to slip over to uh, the team of many names, we can call it, whether they're, uh, you know, the Washington Commanders, the Washington football team or any other uh, combination of the sort. Um, you know, a new quarterback in town. Uh, I think the, the commanders might be one of the more forgettable teams in the NFL, if I'm being completely honest with you, but they definitely have some, uh, some talent. Carson Wentz comes to town. Antonio Gibson obviously is, is in that backfield. Terry McLaurin's a monster. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean Antonio Gibson when he's not like punt protecting and punt returning? Right. I mean, Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick, you know, whatever, mm-hmm combination of that backfield uh washington decides to go with they've got the talent on the team uh it just doesn't really seem like they can uh do a great job of stringing a lot of success together what what, what do you see going into the season uh as a washington commander's perspective oh well colson wentz uh answer washington's quarterback issues because yeah colson wentz still got a lot of talent i mean the last two, I mean, Indianapolis was sure very disappointed with how the season finished, but I think Colson Wentz showed himself. He played through some ankle injuries serving in the year, played well at times. We know what kind of talent he's got, and I mean, Washington's certainly familiar with him from his uh, Philadelphia days, so could, it feels like Wentz has got another opportunity. The question is, if Carlson Wentz doesn't perform this year, is he finito? Yeah, and I mean, you know, the Carson Wentz saga has been, you know, a little unfortunate, at least from my perspective. I really liked Carson Wentz coming out of college. Uh, I, I mean, I remember that first season, first season and a half, really, with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he took the league by storm. I mean, he was balling. I remember him breaking tackles making some Houdini plays to, to, to escape the pressure and launch the ball down the field. And man, those injuries just caught up to him. And it really hasn't, it really just doesn't seem like he's been the same since, but um, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I'm rooting for Carson Wentz. I mean, I, you know, obviously with uh, I was disappointed when Ryan Fitzpatrick went down last season uh, it, before the season really even started, I was excited to watch him kind of get his chance to lead another team. But um you know, another, another very similar situation where it's like, it's, it's a quarterback I've always been a fan of and I wish him well, but I don't have the highest expectations. Yes. He's got Terry McLaurin to throw to. He's got a couple of different options in the backfield to work with, but uh, Diami Brown is over there too. But I just, you know, I just don't think there's enough talent. Uh, you've got Logan Thomas. I mean, just a couple guys, just a couple pieces, but I really don't see how the Washington commanders are really going to be able to take on some of these ridiculous defenses that some of uh, that some NFL teams have been looking together. Hey, the good news, at least Terry McLaurin has got some semblance of a passing of a quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be the best quarterback he's caught balls from in his career, you have to assume. But, I mean, that's A, if Carson Wentz can stay healthy, and if B, Carson Wentz has the, the mental strength to after, I mean, you know it's probably not going to be a very successful year uh, you, if you're going into the season honestly as a Redskins fan. Or I'm sorry, I just can't believe I just said that. I'm sorry. Uh, as a, a Commanders fan. But, um, you know, it's just um, about keeping your head up, really grinding through, preparing yourself the best you can, and, uh, you know, just stepping it up on Sundays. That's all you can do. Yeah, because – we're gonna find out early because guess guess who which team plays Washington week one. Okay, uh, right. Uh, I can't remember who Washington plays week one. I'll give you a hint. That team resides in Duval County. Oh, nice. Well, you're gonna get a very uh, up close and personal look at uh, this this team coming week one. I like to hear that. Oh no. Yeah, we've got Washington and Philly on the road this year. So how about a revenge game there? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, leaving the Beltway, we're heading to the Meadowlands with the Giants all on the clock. So, uh, And uh, my question to you, Alice, is simple. Who starts more games as Giant quarterback this year, Daniel Jones or Tyra Taylor? You know, it's uh, it's a tough question, not because of the comparison of talent, I think. I think it's a tough question because I think the New York Giants and Brian Dayball are probably hoping that Daniel Jones is the guy. I mean, obviously, I think every Giants fan and every Giants coach and really every member of that Giants organization is just hoping that Daniel Jones can take the step and become a franchise quarterback for them. Unfortunately, I do not think that is the case. I think we've seen enough of Daniel Jones to know that he probably isn't uh, starting quarterback quality in the NFL. I think he might be able to success, uh, survive in the, in the league for, for a little while as a, as a serviceable backup, but I think Daniel Jones' time as a starting quarterback is very quickly winding down. I think I think the Giants themselves know it, but uh, you know, once they make that move to Tyrod Taylor, it's going to be really hard to make that move back to Daniel Jones. Obviously, unless there's an injury. So I think it's a little bit of a of a of a cautious optimism and maybe a little bit of a fake optimism. But to answer your question, I mean, I think Daniel Jones is going to get forced into that starting quarterback role a little bit more than they should. I think they might need to pull the plug earlier than they eventually end up deciding to. But I think eventually at some point during that season, the move will happen. I do think Tyrod Taylor may not necessarily be a better overall quarterback, but he's a little bit of a variety. And I just don't think that Daniel Jones is going to be able to get the job done. Uh, I think Tyrod Taylor has got a chance to start in week one. The giant, this giant coaching staff slash general manager, they're not draft Daniel Jones. So they have no reason to keep them. New York right now has got to figure out its team, whether Saquon Barkley can play the wide receivers. Daniel Jones is not going to be part of the future. Didn't give him the fifth-year option. There's a possibility New York starting quarter. Court, next starting quarterback is in college. Mm. So, <laughs> so Alex, uh, you know I like trivia. I can't believe you got that 
Tony Easton question correctly, correct last week, but uh, what trivia, NMC least trivia question do you have for me? All right, Dylan. Well, you tried to stump me last week, so I uh, I figured I'd I'd come back at you and bring the heat. So uh, I almost think this isn't fair, but I'm gonna go with it anyway. Again, I'm going back to my uh, my renowned two parters. You might. Uh, all right, I'm just gonna go for it. One of these teams, which you have your first, your, the first part of this question, you got 25% chance of getting it right. You might, you might get the first part. One of these teams in the NFC East selected the very first draft pick in NFL draft history. Can you tell me which NFC East team made the very first NFL draft selection? I've got a question. Yeah. What does, uh, what position was it? The position was a running back. Uh, Giants? It's not the Giants. The first ever draft selection in NFL draft history was Philly. one team. It was the Philadelphia Eagles. The draft was the draft was hosted in the city of Philadelphia. The Eagles had the first pick that, um, this year. They also had the first pick the very next year. And if my Sources are correct. That was the very last team, the very last time the Philadelphia Eagles have ever had the number one overall draft pick. Now the question where I do not think you will be able to get, who was that player that the Eagles selected as the first drafted player in NFL history? Well, then he go to college. <laughs> he went to college at the University of Chicago. Dylan, if you get this, I will hand over the crown of NFL trivia immortality. I, I, you've got me there. I, you've got me there. <laughs> the Eagles' first selection as an NFL team was Jay Burwanger, a running back from the University of Chicago in the year... 1936. Good Lord. That was before you one of all times. That was, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I know, you know, I had a little bit of trouble. I just, you know, it's the NFC least still, and uh, I got so excited talking about the AFC East last week that, uh, you know, I think I uh, might have uh, put a little too much uh emphasis in the last week but you know I, I thought i'd give it a shot and i just wanted to stop because you you tried to get me good last week okay so one word alex who wins the nfc east oh gosh uh can my one word be pass <laughs> no uh, <laughs> one word i'm gonna go with the philadelphia eagles I think it'll be fly, Eagles fly to a division title because the NFC East has seen, has seen zero repeat champions since the 3 4 Eagles, and that's not changing this year. Eagles win. Mm -hmm. I, I loved it. I think Philadelphia had a great offseason. I think Jalen Hurts takes the next step, and I don't trust the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. You know, it's it, as we very much so know with the NFC East, it is anyone's division to take. 
It is anyone's division to steal. It is anyone's division to win. And, uh, you know, going into this season, if I'm one of those teams, you got to think that you've got the opportunity to win that division. So whether it's the Eagles, whether it's the Giants, heck, if, if it's the Cowboys, or uh, whether it's the Eagles, whether it's the Cowboys, or heck, if it's even the, the Commanders or Giants, you know, it's it's definitely a division that I think a lot of these teams uh, can at least have a swing for the fence and go for this year. And so thanks for hopping on to discuss the NFC East, Alex. We've got more previews, previews before the season begins in a couple of weeks. And uh, I can't wait for this new NFL season to begin with the Buffalo Bills and L.A. Rams. Ooh. And thanks for having me, Dylan. It's been a pleasure as always. You know, it's been it's been nice talking about these divisions and really getting these previews going. But I'm ready for some football, baby. I can't wait. We got fancy football draft season coming up uh, upon us soon. It's almost football time. It's time to go. And you know what else it is? It's time for fins up, baby. <laughs>